0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, The Razor Guide Pack is 7 blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip-and-zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn
0: how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their
2: eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way.
1: It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect.
2: If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you.
1: And we're back with another episode of the Western Rookie Podcast, the podcast for trying to help you understand how to hunt the West. And I'm really excited because today I've got Brendan with Scout to Hunt. I'd say Scout to Hunt is the only shed hunting, dedicated shed hunting app on the market. Is that is that true, Brendan? Uh,
2: I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. phenomenal. And the listeners obviously know that I was just in New Mexico shed hunting. I think we talked about it for about 10 episodes straight. We were so excited. And I used, I used Scout to Hunt exclusively the entire time we were there. It was phenomenal. I did not know until we got back that I had 3D mapping at my fingertips <laughs> and I didn't even use it because all of the other apps, um, the fall apps, you have to download 3D maps like ahead of time. And I never do because they eat up so much memory. And then you're like, no, you got 3D maps all the time with Scout to Hunt. You just got to use two fingers and slide. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would have been so great to have.
2: <laughs> yep, Yeah, that's pretty simple on the, on the Scout to Hunt app. Um, and that's online and, and offline. So,
1: Yeah, that was a big one. But we used it. I mean, we used the heck out of the, the. I don't know what, the, what you call it, but the track width, you know, how you can set your width yeah, the for like – yeah, for gridding, because we would find like, we, you know, we kind of struggled to find browns. We found a lot of whites and chalks, but when we would find a brown, like we wanted to like grid and try to find the match. Yeah. And so that's where I was really like looking at the the track width and trying to figure out like, if I walked this line? Where have I not walked? And we actually did end up matching. uh We'd actually matched a couple sets using that.
2: Really? Yeah. That's great to hear. That's yeah. awesome. And I'm yeah. actually really surprised. Um, that you were able to, uh, well, uh, understand that the value of that feature, uh, it's kind of like a, a hidden gem and, and some of it's, uh, you know, on part of you know, our, our, fault where we haven't fully, um, you know, explain what that is. Um, but we had some feedback early on from, from, uh, our architects, our, our, inside, you know, testers, beta testers that, that help us out, um, to create that feature or to create something for grading that. Counted for your your field of view, your vision, depending yeah. on where you on terrain you're in, you know, so if you're in, you know, flat Sagebrush, where you have a large field of view, when you're gridding, you don't want to be walking, you know, back and forth with, you know, two or three feet, uh, you know, in between each grid line, right? You want to kind of spread that out because you're you're able to view out farther. And we wanted something to represent that, that to scale in the app. And so that's what the field of view uh, options are. Where, you know, if you're in flat open area, you can open that to represent, you know, 40 feet of field of view and add that, you know, you can see that on your map. So you're gridding, um, you know, within a a rate, I guess, or, you know, a distance that makes sense rather than just kind of walking over your tracks and over the same spots over and over again and uh, allow you to track that on your map. And so if you're in a, you know, a, you know, an area where you, you're in the cedars or whatever, and your field of view is, is minimal, you know, you keep it down to the, the 10 foot. Yeah. two scale field of view on your map. Because, uh, you know, you're obviously going to want to keep those grids tighter, um, knowing that a shed could be just on the other side of the cedar or a pinion or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting that you were able to put that to use and and find some, some match sets. Oh, yeah. I found one.
1: We had a a really nice, it was a hard white. Well, half was hard white because he dropped it in, like, a canyon. Like, in between, like, three huge boulders, like, 30-foot boulders. And he was laying in there. And then I started using, I was, like, looking at the app. And then the other side was out in the sun, so it got a little bit more hard white. But And then my buddy found a brown, and then we matched it up, actually, like, 400 yards away. And we were all, like, looking at the maps because we were in great sign. But ironically when I started like learning that it's not only that it was available, that, that you could switch it from ten twenty and was a 10 20 40. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be using this food plot and back home at the farm because our sprayer <laughs> is 10 feet wide. So that's perfect. Okay. And then our, our fertilizer is probably closer to that 20 foot wide. And so then I can just switch to like a 20 foot wide, put my phone in the middle of the Ranger <laughs> and then I can track like where we've been fertilizing and spraying.
2: Yep that that'll work yeah yeah and I guess to clarify so that is so this might kind of ruin your plans there but um the 10 foot 40 foot and 20 foot is is um essentially a radius so oh so I'd have to be a little careful the center yeah it'll work for your 20 footer at the 10 foot setting but
1: okay well I could just turn it off and use my line but yeah it was a really cool feature so no it was great and then I liked the the icons where you can put like a left right icon down because yeah. With my other apps, um, you just put a shed, like a shed to shed, and it's usually like there's not even a species shed on other right. apps, so that was super nice, but then to be able to play like left side, right side, and then, you know, when I matched that one up, I could like set the match, and then it draws yeah. that like distance line and shows you like where it was. Ironically, it was the same exact elevation, just farther down the ridge, which I guess that's not ironic. That's what probably most people would expect, but...
2: Yeah, no, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, no, that's exactly the way you use the app, um, and uh, like you said, it, it's dedicated to the to the shed hunter. Um, so those features are going to revolve around that experience and helping you track, you know, your your sets and, and sides and everything. So that's exciting to hear. I'm happy to see that that was all put to use in it, and uh, hopefully, it, it improved your shed hunting experience in New Mexico.
1: It, I mean, it was great. Yeah, for sure, it definitely helped. The, the resolution on the maps was really nice. Like, you could see, if I would have used 3D, I could have really seen the shelves and the mesas we were trying to hit. But even just with the resolution, I could tell, like, where the shelf was going to be and whether or not I could cross it or if it was, like, a cliff. Um, Oh, perfect. Yeah, so that helped. I'm actually, I'm not a western shed hunter yet. I'm just a guy that went on a trip. But I'm a very avid whitetail shed hunter, so I'm really excited to move all of my shed pins over. And even though, like, I'm probably not going to get the just, like, the full use of like the snow lines and everything just the shed matching feature like the left side right side and being able to match is going to be super insightful for how whitetails are using the properties that I shed hunt in the winter time cuz a lot of the stuff I hunt is flat so there is no like elevation band to stay on where all the animals are at so it's it can be a lot like especially if you don't have like a great food source it's going to be really it can be really hard to understand like how these Deer using your property, and so I think that's going to be huge for even like a a whitetail shed hunter in the Midwest just to be able to track a left side and a right side, make the match, and then that app just stores that information forever. Otherwise, over the years, you got a map of pins everywhere from all the sheds you found over time, and you have no idea which pin
2: was for right. which match. And that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. Um, so, on, on that point, you know, with with the shed match uh, feature. Uh, obviously it draws the line and you can see that visually on your map, but with the, the update, you know, prior to, to hopping on you know, what we're talking about with the, the new update that we com- have coming out in two weeks, you'll have the data behind that, that visualization, which will be the, the distance between those and then the average distance. So the way you'll be able to do it is you'll be able to organize. And this, again, this, is what our, our vision is for the shed hunter is to take all of that information that you have in your map. And actually bring insights out of it. Because yeah. like you said, you have so many pins and it's it's great because you can you know on, on a visual basis, you can see where the activity is happening, where you're finding sheds. But there's so much more depth to that story that we can pull from that information, and that's what we want to present to the user. So again, going back to the shed match feature, you match your sides, it shows the left and the right, so you can see where those are dropping, right? You see them connected, so you can see where that pair was and 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 get an idea of where that, that particular buck was dropping or, you know, whatever the species is elk, you know, out here. And then you have the, the actual data and and values associated with that. So you'll be able to organize those into shed hunts and then get the average spread and and then the standard deviation for those spreads between those set matches. So, you know, if you, on average out of the, the bucks that you find in a particular property, you have those organized into a shed hunt. And then you can get the average spread between those sets for those, you know, four or five bucks that you've picked up. Right. Right. So now you have an average value of, you know, a spread that we call it, um, or separation from, from side to side of, you know, let's say, you know, 60 feet or 80 feet, whatever. Right. And then you have the standard deviation of that to kind of give you an idea of how, um, you know, accurate that is amongst all the bucks that you have. Yeah. Organize into that shed hunt. Yeah. So say, say the average is, you know, 60 feet, but it's a plus or minus 30 feet. So you can use that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start, you know, I have these, this data it's shed season. Again, you find a side, you know, or left side, you can consider based on the historical data that you have now in your app that within a 60 foot radius plus or minus 20 feet, right. You could be probably be expecting to find the other side. And so you can kind of operate on that basis. Yeah. And it just helps, again, bring the so much more to the story than just having markers on your map.
1: Yeah. I suppose like even in season, like in a single season, say you're at 10 sheds, you found three matches, right? So you got four singles and you're on your farm and you're like, okay, on the three matches, like we're talking 150 feet. Yeah. Like plus or minus 30 feet. Like, so it's like, These four or these three bucks weren't moving that far, like 60 yards. So I should be like dialing in my circle on these other four signals because, you know, why would, you know, one deer be moving farther? You know, maybe we got a strong anchoring feature on our farm, whether it's cover or food, that's really Mm -hmm. keeping these deer in one spot. Like, I know I can you know, or flip side, like maybe I'm hitting public and there's like 600 yards in between each of these deers and right. Cause they keep getting pushed by people. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to have to cast a way wider net and just pray.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But at least you have something to, to work off of Yeah, and it's not right. just like, you know, hearsay or some, some advice that you got from somebody that you ran into, you know, at the oh gas station, it's your data. You have, you know, it's, 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 empirical evidence yeah <laughs> based on what you've done in the past that you're building off of and then that that grows over time so i mean you have that shed hunt those markers organized and you keep finding and adding to that shed hunt uh is what we call it right so on other apps it's called folders or mm. uh, tags or whatever right um that that builds and compounds that information and it makes it that much more um significant you know in terms of you know statistics yeah with respect to you know, finding sheds and, and then our ultimate vision, um, you know, stepping out of shed hunting is, is being able to, and this is more applicable to, I don't know, I don't know, maybe it it is pretty applicable to you guys out there on the private property, but for, for public, you know, if that translates into information for hunting season, because if you're following, you're finding the same size of a buck or you're seeing Mm -hmm. activity in these areas, um, you know, you get a tag, an LTC tag or whatever for these areas that you're shed hunting in. Um, that's information that isn't isolated just to shed hunting.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there is insights that you can make to help with hunting. Um, for sure. I think it would be super helpful for like a land manager, which is ironic because me and my wife just bought a farm with 40 acres here in Minnesota. And so we're going to be starting our, you know, our own land management journey you know I've my family's owned farms my entire childhood so we've always been doing it on the family farms but you know that that was the next question I was going to ask is like this longer vision is there any ideas for how to track like an animal through multiple shed seasons. Like, this is the freak bowl or the spider bowl, and we've got four years of sheds off this one bowl. And now we not only can we match and see like left side, right side matches, but we can see like his 2020 shed locations, his 2021 shed locations, yeah, and start to like exactly. paint this picture, maybe like where you're seeing him go lower and lower on the bad winners and higher, but it's always on this line. So now we know if we've got six feet of snow, he's going to be like in this area. But if we have 20 feet of snow, like you guys got this year, he's going to be way down here farther.
2: Yep. No, hundred percent. Yeah. So like I said, I, the ultimate vision is the experience that we're creating for shed hunting, um, will also translate into hunting. So right now we have it just for shed hunts as a, the foundation, you know, structure of this experience in the app, um, that same, experience will apply to what we're going to be calling animal profiles. Okay. So again, a folder for a particular animal, that's a profile for that animal. So your shed hunting data can be duplicated into that. Right. So when you say you find an antler, um, you, you organize that into a shed hunt. And then later you find, you know, uh, his, his other side and then you realize, okay, there's a, there's a particular animal, you know, it's a real and really nice bowl. You want to keep an eye on they're fresh. So now you have a shed hunt version and then you can create an animal profile and you can tag or, or, you know, organize those markers into your shed hunt and then tag that also into your animal profile. So you're still tracking your shed hunt information, uh, as its own, um, folder, I guess, while also tracking that same information, but specifically for that particular bowl that you want to follow. And you know, that, that animal profile will also include any other information you want to tag to it. If you actually spot the bowl, where you spotted, um, you know, other, other markers that are not related to shed hunting per se. Um, so that's more, you know, aggregated to other things or other markers or other types, um, whereas your shed hunting might be specific to just shed hunting in general. Um, but yeah, so that's the idea is being able to organize your data and then, and, and customize it for you to, again, create a story and find out what the story is that, that you're. Your markers are telling you. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm really excited for. I think that's gonna be huge for, for white tail hunters. And I would expect most of the people that listen to this podcast to have probably a base foundation of being a white tail hunter that likes to go out west and hunt out in the west as well. But like being able to to really track a buck like one animal, one buck sheds their number one hit lister, where he shed this year, where he shed last year, and being able to draw those connections of like, you know. His overall shed zone is only three hundred yards. Like this is where he winners. Like we have right. multiple years. We're, there's not another app in the market that does that. Now you can put pins and you can label the name, but you still have to like click into each pin to figure out which one was his. And if you find a lot of right. antlers, pretty soon that's just going to look like a maze.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the issue. Is the more data you have, it almost gets the worse. bigger problems yeah. you get. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. with yeah. your oh.
1: system, the more data you have, the better it gets.
2: Correct. That's the idea. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's awesome. So the last time we talked, you mentioned that since you did this, you actually don't get to shed hunt quite as much because you're so busy running the business. Have you got out yet this year at all?
2: I haven't. No. Yeah. No. This, uh, it's it, like I said, it is ironic. The The shed hunt that we're doing um, is very consuming. And obviously, it happens during shed season. Um, so it's kind of a give and take. Uh, some of our, our team members have gone out. Um, particularly, uh, it's a good excuse to go test the app and the new features while offline. Uh, so that's what they'll go do is go shed hunt. Uh, so that's beneficial for them. Um, but you know, I've been traveling a lot. We, like we just had the the um, Idaho moose paddle was found. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of traveling back and forth between Idaho and, and Utah. There, um, getting you know, meeting the winner for that and. Uh, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty chaotic and, and busy. So for me personally, I haven't been able to get out, but fortunately our, our team has, so that's, awesome. that's a plus.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Shed Hunt. I'm obviously I know all about it because we've talked before and and I've been following the story, but for people that haven't, have no idea what you're talking about right now, give them the rundown.
2: Yeah. So uh, we're running our, our second consecutive 50K or 50 K or $50,000 Bitcoin Shed Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. So last year, we just did one $50,000 shed, it was found in Southern Utah. This year, we're doing five individual sheds, each one worth $10,000 in cash or $10,000 in Bitcoin up to the winner. Um, so those five sheds were in Idaho. Or one, you know, one in each state, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, and New Mexico. Um, and then on May 1st, we had released the riddles for Idaho, Utah, Nevada. Um, Those are all still going ongoing, except for Idaho, which was found in four days. So that was that was a huge surprise for us. Um, Each riddle is really unique to each state and the way it's set up. So it is kind of a um, uh, not a risk, but a uh, you know, we never know what we're going to get. You know, it's very uh, random in terms of how the shed hunters of each state will be able to interpret a riddle. Uh, especially for the states that you know um, we may not be as familiar with. Um, I'm very familiar with Idaho, and I don't know if that was that was part of the the issue because I'm I'm the one who wrote the riddle for Idaho. Um, so I, I don't know if there was like some some psychological bias where I was like I don't want to be like super hard. Uh, I want to make this you know yeah achievable. You, wanna,
1: you want people to find them.
2: Yeah, you weren't exactly.
1: necessarily planning on four days, but you want people to
2: find them exactly and then i guess i just went a little too far in the other way but i also don't want to discredit the fact that you know a lot of these guys are just smart and they're able to look at the map break down information and and make it happen so we we are very excited for the winner uh, who is out of idaho falls idaho eastern idaho um so it it was it is exciting and you know and it it just goes to show that it it is legitimate you know if you find the shed you know you got ten thousand dollars so um, we're rooting for everybody else in, you know, again, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, and, and Utah, the four remaining sheds, um, rooting for those to, who are looking for them to find them. So,
1: so tell people, first of all, tell people, what are they looking for? I mean, I know that you're not going to mistake this for something else, but like describe what these antlers look like.
2: Yeah. And, and you can, you can find pictures of these on our, our site and our, our social media pages, but, Um, they are actual shed antlers that were donated to us, um, from some you know partners that we work with. Um, there was one moose paddle, which was the one that was found in Idaho, two elk sheds and two mule deer sheds. Um, and they were all, um, had some amazing artwork done by them by, um, Jeff Peterson, who's known as bone tats on social media. Um, he does really, really cool carvings and paintings on, on, sheds and 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 uh deadheads and animals um so but these ones in particular have really cool engravings they have our logo on them they have a bitcoin logo on them um some other items on there uh they're painted black um so they're definitely different from what you'd be looking for uh in in a standard shed hunting trip um but uh, they're very unique and identifiable um and again, you can kind of get an idea of what those look like, what the actual sheds look like on our, on our page. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: look sweet. I, I can't wait. I'm hoping that you guys do this long enough that there comes a day where some random shed hunter that has no idea about the giveaway finds one. And they're like, what is this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yep. That would be, that'd be interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so the other four states are still live, right? You said, was it New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and... Oh, shoot, I forgot the last one. What was the Nevada. last one? Nevada. okay. Yep. So you got the Southwest. Um, and, and the way you guys run this, right? Everything is following, especially like a year like this, you're following guidelines, closures. Like, no one has to do anything illegal to find one of these sheds. You don't have to corner yep. hop. You don't have to trespass. They're all on public.
2: All on public land, yeah. You don't That's release right. the
1: hints until the season's open anyway. So if you find it before season opens, you're in trouble.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know how they would, if that did happen,
1: that would be the luck. Like they're just out there shed hunting and then they stumble across one, but you shouldn't have been out there anyway, because the season's not open.
2: It's I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that would fall under, um, those closures uh, because it's not, um, a standard shed anymore. Um, it really, the, 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 the whole contest falls under, you know, the, the, the regulations of geocaching essentially. Um, so I'm not sure what they have that discussion would be, but we've, we've been in contact with the agencies out here, the public land agencies. Um, and you know, for example, in Utah, the DNR or DWR, um, to make sure that, you know, we're making it fair for the, the shed hunters and also fair for all the other outdoorsmen that, that don't participate. So, yeah. um, and for those who are managing the land. So, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's all in the clear. Um, and, uh, we're happy to, to work with the agencies to make it fun for everybody.
1: Yeah. Is there uh is there any, so like, so scout to hunt is firmly rooted in the West, right? It's a Western yep. shed hunting scouting app. Is there any kind of back burner ideas to maybe start expanding, maybe even into the front range States, um, eastern colorado eastern wyoming eastern montana maybe the dakotas on like a white trying to get more uh market in the whitetail space than just solely like elk mule deer moose
2: yeah i mean we have we have information on you know whitetail for example uh you know for game range layers we have the markers in there for whitetail uh, we have blacktail uh you know sheds oh, well we will sorry i guess i'm getting ahead of myself we will have blacktail sheds if we were to expand, um, it would most likely be, uh, you know, the the PNW and, and the West, okay. first. so California, uh, Washington, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've had a ton of requests for um, the Dakotas. Uh, obviously, since we're right, you know, we already have Montana. Uh, from there, it, it would just lead to the Midwest. Yeah. I don't know if we'd ever do reach out Far East. It's hard to say. I mean, like, that, that would be definitely down the road. Yeah. Um, but um, our, our next step would be the, the, the Pacific West.
1: Okay. So start with the Pacific West, get that covered, then maybe slowly, like, just expand the border across, like, what would be the Dakotas, Nebraska, Kansas, see if there makes sense to go that next level of, like, Iowa, yeah. Missouri, you know, see where the line is. I feel like yeah. – I feel like people – just using what you have today without any other, like, different feature sets would still find incredible value on their farm in Illinois. Just well, matching up left really, side, right yeah. side. The, the, what We yeah. talked last time you had just released shed efficiency. So how fast you're walking versus, like, how much ground are you covering versus how many sheds are you finding and trying to dial that in. If you're in some bad ground, you want to walk faster. If you're in great ground, you want to slow up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that as I may have misspoke that that's what's coming out here in the next two weeks, The will okay. is part of the, the new um, stat suite. But uh, yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. And that is so we are focused on the West, where the Western Shed Hunters app is, you know, how we identify ourselves. Um, that pertains to the layer data. So all the layer data that we have is is uh, Isolate to those states, mm-hmm. and we don't do it state by state like other maps do. You know, you have that information for all eight Western states at once. Um, but the uh, the features outside of the map layers, like you said, the markers, the 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 stats, all that information, the free three D map. Although that won't necessarily mean anything, you know, out out in the Midwest, but. Um all that is is usable uh, to the basic user, regardless of of the map layers that are isolated to the west. So, like you said, there is still value for those who are you know avid shed hunters who want to gather those stats and make sense of their their shed hunting data. they can absolutely do that in the scout to hunt out.
1: Yeah. so here, I got a question for you. We probably have to like put you on the spot a little bit, but, Walk us through how someone, say from Minnesota, like myself, that wants to go out west and try to find an antler, right? How, walk us through how they could, you know, go get Scout to Hunt. You got free plans. You got paid plans. Obviously, there's a ton of different options you can do. But how could someone download that app? And let's just pick a state, you know, whether it's Utah, New Mexico. Let's pick New Mexico because it's, there's not shed regulations. There's a healthy herd. So they know they're going to New Mexico. But how could they use the app to maybe dial in where they go? Because that's going to be a huge hurdle to overcome as a flatlander doing your first trip. If you don't know anybody... It's like okay, I know how to get to New Mexico, but what do I do when I'm there? Like, how do I, how do I know where to walk? Like, what could, what could someone do with the Scout to Hunt app to kind of narrow in where to start walking, and then, you know, obviously from there you just got to be a hunter. Are you see signed? sign. Do you have to go, you know, make some changes. But how would, how would that look like using the Scout to Hunt app?
2: Yeah, that's an amazing question. Yeah, so one of the the layers that we have, um, again, that are isolated to the Western states is the shed regs layer, is what we call it. Okay. Uh, so that layer identifies which areas in each state uh, or the whole state are either restricted uh, for the season. Um, so that that shows on the map. And then, you know, at this time, they're all green, they're all open. Um, but that also has um, a. A panel, I guess what you call it, of information so you can. when you So if, say you're going to New Mexico, you can apply the shed regs layer uh, to your map. And then you can tap on, uh, the, the title for that area in New Mexico. You can open that layer essentially. And it opens a screen that has information about that state, uh, regulations on shed hunting. If there are any, or restrictions, um, how to report deadheads, if they have restrictions on that. Uh, but it also has, uh, information from other shed hunters, uh, basically tips about how to go about shed hunting in that state. Uh, so that would be the first start. Um, you have experienced shed hunters sharing, you know, uh, ideas of how to start and what to look for and what to expect for that particular state. So you'll get different tips and information from the, for in New Mexico, uh, from, you know, Idaho or Montana where the shed hunting, um, is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so that'd be step number one, uh, step number two, it, again, like you already, uh, mentioned would be just, um, hunting prowess, right. And expertise in terms of how to research an animal, where to expect to find animals. So if you're, you're wanting to find an elk shed, having, you know, information about elk in general is going to help. And you can couple that with our game ranges layer, um, understanding where the winter ranges are versus the summer ranges or overall ranges, those you can apply. Uh, that's a free layer in the, in the scout to hunt app. So that'll, that alone will help isolate, um, areas to go uh to start you know making a sh- plans for a shed trip mm. now that's kind of the more of the macro aspect of it yeah then once you get out there um or you know you're getting close to your trip you can apply the elevations layer right and and obviously if you're just starting it uh, it's not as easy because you don't have previous you know shed data to right. show what ranges they're you know you're finding sheds in but you can, you know, based on your your prior knowledge of, of elk or whatever species you're, you're looking to shed hunt for, um, you can use that as a starting point within the elevations band, knowing what, you know, in general, what elevations that they winter in. Um, and then apply that, that range to your map. Yeah. So you have on a macro level, okay, here's the ranges. Here's the winter range or the ranges that they'll most likely be in. I'm going to go look in this area. Now I'm looking at specific elevation ranges to start in. Um, so that's a good starting point. Then once you get out there and start finding some sheds, you're going to want to leverage that that data to, to carry on.
1: Yeah. And then with your elevation bands, we talked there, you have some information on snow depth in the app, right? We don't. No, not yet. Okay, not yet. That was a future future thing. Yeah, that's
2: something that pipeline we definitely want, um, obviously be related to to the ranges, uh, but uh, we don't have that in the app.
1: Okay. But that would be something that a user could just, you know, use their intelligence and say, okay, I got the state. I know I'm legal. I know what I need to do to report a deadhead or if I can take it at all, you know, so I know I'm safe. Right. And now I know where the winter range is. Now, you know, that, that alone, especially in a state like Wyoming is going to cut out half the state. I mean, you know, so, okay, pick a winter range, pick a winter range. that has got lots of public access. Mm-hmm. Now I start to think okay, what was the winter what's the winter been like out here and there's a lot of apps out there other you know you can go to NO double a I think it is and look at the snow depths out west and be like, okay, we got a lot of snow you know then yeah. you just put two and two together okay, a lot of snow they're probably going to be a little lower than usual and then yep. you can, and then you can start and then you make adjustments you know us whitetail hunters our adjustments look like well, they're not in the woods. let's go check the food plot. well, they're not in the food plot, let's go check the swamp you know, we're, we're switching areas. Where are they wintering? Well, out there, it sounds like you're more so adjusting your elevations, right? Are they lower? Are they higher? Not necessarily, they're going to be on this mountain range somewhere on this front range. We just got to figure out what elevation.
2: Yeah. So like you said, you know, in consideration of snow levels, um, you know, in your more macro research, that'll, like I said, that'll give you a a good indication of what elevation bands you want to show on your map. And you can isolate those right so in the map or in the app you don't have to show all you know seven bands at once which makes your map look really busy you can just isolate just one of those and it really uh, it highlights where you can be focusing and makes it a lot easier especially in the 3d uh, perspective like okay this is like a really good spot to, to start grading and start looking
1: okay yeah that sounds like fun um we should we should get together next next spring and do, like, a little a little event where, like, a Flatlander like myself, like, does a YouTube show or series on, like, exclusively using Scout to Hunt to find a state, find an area, find, like, all this stuff, then go out, put it to the test, and then do a shed hunt and, like, show, like, okay, this is how I use the app. Coming from, like, no experience in this state. Like, I didn't ask any buddies. I didn't, like, meet up with a friend. Like, I'm just doing it all as an example of what a flatlander with no experience can do. And then go do it and hopefully find a ton of sheds, obviously. Like, if we didn't find anything, then we'd probably have to start over and try again. But that'd be really fun, like, a little fun project to do um, next next year because this year I'm already focused on food plots. I mean, it's, like, summer here in Minnesota, and you guys probably still digging yourself out of snow
2: Yeah, there is still some snow, Um, but yeah, shed season two is going to be coming to kind of a a close, um, you know, here in June. But I, yeah, I I love that idea. I think that'd be really exciting.
1: Yeah. It'd be a fun series. I mean, you see people doing like shed hunting. You gotta, you gotta be talented to make it exciting to watch. It's, it's incredibly fun to do. Sometimes it isn't the most fun thing to watch. And so you see people doing all kinds of fun series, like Ben doing the 50, the, the sheds of America, tour where Mm -hmm. he's trying to drive around and find a shed in every state which i heard that i'm like that's ambitious (laughs) (laughs) but he gave himself two years to do it so that's good um but yeah it's just fun things you can do to make interesting content which i think a lot of people listening to this podcast would be like oh that's what i want to see i want to see someone start from nothing and and do it and show success. So it's relevant to my position. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm not a Utah native. I can't watch these animals all winter long. I don't have a bunch of buddies that know where to go. You know, I, it'd be on my own. So I think that would really show the relatability of like what they could do.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that really hits on a good point where there are people um, that would be interested in, in, you know, going shed hunting, but they don't have, you know maybe they're the only ones in their family that that are interested or they don't have the friends um you know nearby or don't have the friends that want to shut hunt at all right but they do and so that can be kind of daunting um just like it would be you know trying to do that a hunt on your own right or you know being the first in your family to start hunting um so yeah we the, the way we built the app is to basically serve that purpose as well as is, is, is allowing somebody to who wants to start shed hunting figure out where to start and you know get into it and and like you said once you start doing it and you find your first shed uh it's hard to stop it's really fun to do um so that that is uh, a a big goal of ours to to make that you know facilitate that or bridge that gap for those who don't have that support elsewhere
1: yeah yeah it is it's man it is addicting i mean some people just don't get it and i i i don't understand but You know, I, ever since I picked up my very first shed at a food plot in our farm, I've been hooked ever since. And then going out West this year for the first time, I've found a couple elk sheds, archery elk hunting, but never like we're going West to elk shed hunt and then finding sheds. I mean, that was a game changer. And we brought along, it was me and a buddy, uh, Dan Matthews, who used to be the host of this podcast. And Dan brought a cameraman. This cameraman had never even tried to shed hunt. Never found an antler. Never gone. Didn't get it. Didn't un- like. He's like, I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see what it's like. Like, what is it? And that's so I'm showing him all these pictures along the way because Dan Matthews was still pretty new to shed hunting in general too. He'd found some turkey hunting and, you know, at his farms, but not like I've done. So I'm sending Chris in the. He's in the back seat. I'm showing them all these pictures of like what shed hunting's like. Well. They're all from North Dakota in February, so it's, like, two feet of snow. My dog's butt yeah. plowing through snowbanks, and and I'm, like, frosted beard and everything. And he's like, wait a second. Is it going to be snow down there? Like, I, you guys didn't tell me where we're going, what the weather's going to be like. Well, we didn't know because we were going with a, a guy from Colorado, so he didn't know if we we're going to be, which state we're going to be in, how high. Mm-hmm. So we're like, I don't know, just pack like you're going hiking or something. He's like, I did not pack for snow. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's going to be snow in New Mexico, but we could be wrong. I don't know. And he's like, and then I packed my sleeping bag. My sleeping bag, I only have like one real sleeping bag. So I brought this huge negative 10 degree Browning McKinley bag and I throw yeah. it in the truck. He's like, wait a second. That's your sleeping bag? Like, I am not prepared for this trip if it's going to be that cold. So he has double bagging and, um, Wearing all of his sweatpants and jackets to bed. And he had an interesting he had an interesting week. Well, he follows us around with his camera for three days walking. And he didn't find anything. We kind of struggled off the bat. And so I'm sure he's thinking, like, wow, this is really fun, guys. Like we drove from I drove from Minnesota to New Mexico to walk around in the woods and not really find much. Right. But we finally got him a shed. Um on the last day he was sitting on a rock doing a business call. Stands up, turns around and goes, Oh hey, look at that. And then he just finishes his conversation for, like, 20 minutes and doesn't even pick it up. And it was buried. And it was buried in a way that it could have been, like, the seventh time on a monster bull. Oh, yeah. And so they're so excited. They start digging. They pull it out. It's the world's smallest four-point raghorn. <laughs> like, the entire raghorn shed was only, like, 10 to 12 inches tall, and it had, like – it was a distinct four-pointer. Like, the I mean, two-inch fronts. Like, I've never seen – this small of a four point shed. So I don't really know if we converted them to a shed hunter or not on this trip, but we got the cameraman a shed.
2: <laughs> At the start. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it does. Um, you know, to everyone their own. Um, and obviously it, it varies with even within the shed hunting community in terms of, you know, those who just like to do it, like go find a couple of sheds a few years, you know, every, or for the year and, and, you know, they're good. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have those who just like, can't stop going looking for sheds. Like they just have to pick up every single one that they find and, and they're, you know, hauling out, you know, 20 sheds every time. Um, so it, it definitely varies in terms of the the passion for it, but it is, it's just very, uh, a very unique experience. Um, and like I kind of always said, it's a grown man's, uh, you know, Easter egg hunt, where it's just the anticipation of not knowing what you'll find. Um, you know, it's always good to, to find something even if it's, you know, like, you, uh, you know, a tiny four point <laughs> mystery shed or, um, you know, a massive seven point, you know, bull shed whatever it, it's, uh, I think it's just really exciting to find, you know, the anticipation of finding something really unique that that drives a
1: lot of it yeah yeah it's almost out there it was almost cool because i had no idea like when we shed hunt our own farms i'm like well i kind of know what bucks are here and not a lot of them made it through the winter a lot of them got shot so i'm not expecting much or or there's a big buck that i'm going after him alone but out there it was like a wild card we could find anything um yeah I, i call him the guide but steven the local that we met up with he found a beautiful hard white four point deer shed probably mid 160s caliber so that was a nice nice deer shed and then he yeah. found like a really nice five point brown for new mexico i mean he warned us like hey we're not gonna find a lot of tr- you know boone and Crockett's in the part of new mexico we're going we're not going in the gila um yeah and so we but he did find probably a 280 to 300 inch brown five point shed which was like a really really nice antler and
2: that's yeah, that's rewarding, no doubt. Yeah, so sure.
1: we had a good time. On the way back, my the last day, my dog got sick, really sick, which was sorry to hear that. terrible uh, for us, not him. I mean. Oh,
2: yeah, I, I, I can see that. <laughs> well,
1: I knew he would probably run out of steam by the end of the hunt. And so the last day, I wasn't going to hunt him. Well, he had, like, a small accident in the tent in the middle of the night, which is really strange. He doesn't have middle-of-the-night accidents. <laughs> but our cameraman wakes me up. In the middle of the night, and he's like, Brian, I think your dog needs to go outside. I'm like, half asleep. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what what's going on? He's like, well, he just shit in the bed. And I'm like, wait, what? Does he have to go outside or did he just take a shit? I don't <laughs> What are you telling me? And he's like, no, he definitely crapped over there by the door. So I had to clean that up. That went fine. Well, now I'm, like, kind of worried. Like, he doesn't do that. Like, does he have, like, dehydration or, like, what's going on? So I decided to leave him in the truck for the last day of the hunt. Because he's he can usually go like twelve hours without going to the bathroom. I let him out before, mm-hmm. but you're only going to be gone like eight hours. Well, I shouldn't have. I I don't know what I should have done. I probably should have just got a dog sitter and didn't bring him. But he's a shed dog, so I wanted to bring him on the shed hunt. Well, he got sick again in the back seat of the truck. And mm. long story short, I threw away most of my seat covers and just ordered new ones.
2: Yeah that's rough
1: yeah the guys all got back to the truck before me i was the last one to get back to the truck and they were like gagging and just at back by the tailgate like wouldn't even like open the door they let the dog oh. out but there was it, we had to do some cleaning well luckily i had a, a bottle of uh, scent killer left in my toolbox from last fall bow hunting and we drained the entire bottle of it spraying the backseat of my truck with scent killer and it actually worked pretty darn well by the time we got back we couldn't even smell it anymore
2: Oh, good. Well, at least you had that. Yeah, that's
1: helpful. it was. And the seat covers, the seat covers were huge. Like they captured most of it and we just threw them out, put them in garbage bags and took care of it later. But yeah, I don't know. Sounds like my whitetail shed dog really isn't fit for the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, uh, I,
2: uh, yeah, that, that would be, that's an eventful shed trip.
1: It was a, it was a wild shed trip all the way around, uh, we camped in a spot and some other guy was there and apparently he was, you must know rise and shed, uh, yeah. West MacArthur. Yep. He introduced himself as I'm the guy that won the West MacArthur shed giveaway in March. And we're like, okay, but well, what's your name? Like <laughs> 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 kind of a, he must've been real, yeah. must've been yeah. really happy to win that. Cause <laughs> th- he talked about that. Like he found a way to weave it into every sentence. Um, so that's
2: awesome. yeah, but that's just small
1: awesome. world. I'm like, I had Wes on a podcast like the week before we came down here.
2: Maybe he knew, maybe he saw that episode and he uh, was trying to get in a connection with you.
1: Maybe my, uh, we just bought this farm. The home inspector goes, Hey, were you just in New Mexico shed hunting? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I saw that vid- YouTube video. And I'm like, okay, this is wild.
2: <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah. It's very
1: cool. You're one of the 400 people that clicked on that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah it was a good trip. I need to do the only thing that the trip did for me is confirm that I want to go shed hunting in the west like every year multiple times if I can.
2: Yeah it's uh, I yeah I, there's no argument against that I, I mean like I said once you get out there um, I mean even depending on where you go I, there's just so much beautiful country too I mean even if you come out with a couple raghorns like you still have a, you know a really good time um it's more than likely you'll find more than raghorns but but yeah it's just a it's a really really cool springtime activity for a hunter um i it's uh like you said some people don't get it and and i i can understand them um but i definitely understand the ones that do get it
1: yeah have you so you guys have been up and running for a few years now? have Have you started to get stories coming in of users where they're like any that stick out where they're like, "Hey, I found this monster shed." and man, we went like back six times and used the app and we were tracking and setting grid lines and then eventually matched them up. And like, do you ever get some of those like stories all coming time. in?
2: all the time, Yeah, I know that's really exciting. And especially with this the release of the online, the free online and then the the offline three d. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our users are sending in, you know, screenshots of the app where they're showing their tracks and the pins of, of the, the markers that they are, or the, the markers of the, the sheds that they're finding, uh, along their track, you know, they're covering, you know, this ridgeline to this ridgeline and seeing that in the map and 3d, uh, and the success that they're having and how excited they are. It's, it's really rewarding for yeah. sure. Does that like make
1: you want to get out and use the app yourself then?
2: Yeah, no, it definitely does. And like I said, our, our you know, our teammates that uh, love to go test the app uh, so they can go shed hunt, you know, they're sending us the same. Um, and uh, it's, it's really exciting too, because, you know, obviously with the business, you you, you you know, within your team, you have some bias, but you get to those points where you're, you're using it uh, just as a user, you know, like, you know, regardless of the fact that you're involved with the, with the development of it. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, there's those moments where it's like, this is dope. Like, this is, uh, this is awesome. Like, this worked out really well. I would buy, I would pay for this. You know, there's those honest moments. Um, and then that's validated by those who are, who are sharing the same sentiment. And it's, it's really exciting.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely definitely will keep the app because it was, it was phenomenal for shed hunting. Like I told you last time, I'm going to switch all of my shed hunting stuff over to Scout to Hunt, whether it's Flatland or in the mountains, just to keep it all in one spot and to get features that are dedicated for shed hunting like you said the, yeah 100% the matching yeah. and, and on stuff. that
2: point you know we currently don't have uh, an import feature um we do plan on on building one uh, so you know you can uh, bulk export and import um your markers from other apps into this Scott hunt app uh the one downside to that though is um the other apps uh don't export uh the metadata with their markers. So, uh, they only export like the name and the G- GPS location. Oh, so if you have shed markers in another app, um, you know, like you said, they have like a generic version. It won't show up as a shed marker in scout to hunt. It'll show up as a generic because there's no information associated with that, that marker, once you export it from the other app, they just share the name and the GPS location, um, which is a bummer. Um, and we can understand why they do that, but to be um, fair,
1: they don't have a lot of metadata behind their shed icons and other apps anyway. Like you're not losing much really.
2: Yeah. It just, the downside is like, say you have, you know, 600 shed markers and another app, those 600 shed markers will show up as generic markers in scout to hunt and you'll have to still manually update those. Uh, or change those to the shed marker type that we have in, in our app.
1: Could Is there a way, I mean, we're probably getting into the weeds of software developer, but I'm an electrical engineer, so I like this stuff. Is there a way yeah. where, like, when you do your bulk import, you can just select, like, what icon do you want all of these to be? And it's just just make them a general shed. Like,
2: That's a great point. No, that's a great point. We could definitely work on and getting that integrated to that experience.
1: Because that's all um, it... If that's all you're really getting out of these other apps anyways, just a picture of an antler on your icon, like you're not getting left side, right side, you're not getting any match data. Right. Hopefully right. they have date and time that they'll export for you. I think they should have that.
2: It doesn't. From what we understand and what we've read in their export process, it's just the name um, and the GPS location. Okay. Well, uh, it's probably past if you find season. Us let us know.
1: It's. I know Onyx the default name is like waypoint and then it's the date and the time is the default name. But who, I mean, if someone starts changing names up, then that all goes out the window. I always like just delete waypoint the text and put in a new name, but leave that date and time as a part of the name. So maybe you could really get into the weeds. Yeah, yeah, from
2: our understanding, they they export the name that you have and then the GPS location. So if you have that information in the name, then that's helpful. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so on that point though, like for you, if you're doing a bulk export or import and you're able to to tag all those as a whitetail, that that makes sense. But for somebody out west who has moose, paddles, coos deer, uh, mule deer, elk, whatever, um, it would be a little bit of a different story because you wouldn't be able to. Well, yes and no. You're 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 not. They won't be farther
1: behind because Onyx still only has one antler, I believe.
2: I th- yeah i think they have two i think they have an elk and a deer maybe they added I-
1: the elk lately when i started it was just shed and so
2: right
1: you know you're not really going and then if they did add the elk i mean you would just maybe have to do batches right like here's all my elk sheds i'm gonna upload all of these yeah, at once point. yeah you can and- leave
2: it up to the user yep
1: yeah yeah I-, I like that idea but to be fair like i'm at so many whitetail sheds i could tell you where I found a couple of these big ones, but I wouldn't even need a map to tell you, but some of them, it's like, I don't remember which pin this was. I found 19 sheds that day. One of them was this big one, but you know, it's, it's more so for the whitetail guys just to like, okay, this is a good farm. We usually find them in the shelter belt or, you know? Yeah. I think you'd still be money ahead by exporting them into, into scout to hunt for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So what we're, uh, that's definitely in the pipeline is, is getting that import feature.
1: Yeah. That's a good off season project too. I mean, for you guys, but like, I'm probably not going to do that in the middle of a shed trip anyway. Like I'll do that in August when I'm bored. Um, So that one's probably like a good back burner project for you guys.
2: Yeah, no, that that definitely is. Well, we definitely want to have that uh, ready for by next season for sure.
1: Yeah. So um, we're coming up, Close to an hour already. It's crazy how fast time flies and you're talking about shed hunting. <laughs> Do you guys have the next hint ready to drop? Because uh, this will drop Tuesday, uh, May 16th, if you're listening to this. And so, because you guys are like systematically updating people with hints and clues and riddles for the remaining four states, right?
2: Yeah, every Thursday. Every, every Thursday, Thursday, a new hint comes out. So, um, yeah, so Shedicated users, uh, which is our, you know, our upgraded plan in the Scout to Hunt app, they get hints one week early. So, for example, this Thursday, um, or this coming, or actually yeah, I used yesterday. So yesterday, a whole, you know, batch of, of hints came out for each of the four shed hunts. Um, those who are Shedicated got next week's hint yesterday. So they have a, a head start on on the hints. Um, so next on the 18th, uh, when the next hint comes out, the hint that the Shedicated users got yesterday will be released to the basic users on this coming Thursday.
1: Oh, awesome! So the and so what? Let's briefly touch on like what's the main couple differences between the free version and the Shedicated version?
2: Yeah, good question. So um, the the primary differences right now are the advanced layer. So like the elevation bands layer, the slopes layer, um, which highlights, you know, south facing slopes or whatever, you know, cardinal slope or face that you want to uh, focus on, um, the unpaved layer, which is a, a very useful and dispensable layer that highlights, uh, four different classes of, of roads off roads. Um, and, uh, is extremely useful, especially down, you know, in, in the desert States, uh, where you just have roads, going every which direction, uh, that is all highlighted on, on your map. So it really, it's very, very beneficial. So that layer uh, is one of our advanced layers that's included in the uh, the sheddicated version. Uh, uh, the big one, um, or one of the primary uh, benefits is the offline 3D. So for, for everyone, you can use online 3D, um, you know, when you have signal, that's free. Um, but to take that 3D perspective, uh, and experience offline you don't have signal, um, you have to be a Shedicated user. Um, and then, you know, some other features are like the match set, like we were talking about earlier, um, to match a set and see that visually matched on your, on your map. That's a, a, a a benefit for the Shedicated Shed Hunter. Um, and then here, once we release the new revamped suites or suite of stats, um, you know, average elevation data will be a part of that as well.
1: Okay. And what's the, what's the, it's a yearly subscription, right? On the Shedicated.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Annual subscription for $29.99.
1: Okay. So it's like, if you're a shed hunter, it's a no brainer. Like let's push, put it that way for $30. (laughs) Like you're going to find more sheds with the Shedicated version. You're going to have more fun with the tagging and the matching and all of the stuff like $30. Come on guys. It's like a no brainer Yeah. I got it for an Iowa shed hunt. <laughs> like I was down at work in Iowa and I'm like, I'm going to walk for an hour after work tonight. And I just downloaded the shedicated version and ripped it and didn't find anything. Cause the ground was, <laughs> but, but I used it out in New Mexico and it was phenomenal. So yeah, I, I didn't want to misspeak. I thought it was $30 a year, but I didn't want to misspeak, but it's like, I don't know, not, Expensive at all for how much time we spend doing like our favorite thing,
2: right? So yeah, we, we agree.
1: Okay, so the key is if you're gonna go try to find one of the Bitcoin antlers, the the contest antlers, you're gonna use Scott Hunt anyway because shed hunting, right? You're gonna find other antlers, you're gonna want to tag them. You might as well get the shedicated versions. You get a, a jump start on the hints, and then yep. you can check the app every Thursday, right? So especially if you're out in the Western states, you check it, you make your plans for the weekend then you go hit the slopes. That's right. Yeah. And the uh, and so where where do people I'm assuming it's uh the Google Play Store, Apple Store, both devices. Yep. Android and iOS, yep. Yeah, okay. And the scout to hunt website, you can have a link to the download.
2: Yep, yep, Scout hunt.com.
1: Awesome. Perfect. Go get yourself an app, go get yourself a $10,000 antler. They look badass by the way, those antlers. They look Yeah,
2: yeah, Jeff uh, Peterson did an amazing job. If you yeah. guys
1: ever want some help on a whitetail shed for the next year or a future years competition, I I will gladly help you guys find one, get on, get it colored, go place it, whatever
2: whitetail state cuz that's exciting yeah no we would uh we'd be happy to do that yeah
1: i think there's a big untapped market of the whitetail shed hunter that would love those tools that you talked about the ones that you have and the ones that are coming
2: yeah the the future is is definitely exciting we're we're you know biting at you know at the bit there to to get those out because we really do you know we we've been testing them internally and uh we're we love them you know just as shed hunters so awesome great
1: well thanks for being here brendan I'm going to let you get back to your day. You sound like a busy dude with the, right in the middle of your of the contest, but I'll let everyone give you one last chance to to run through the socials and the website to make sure they know where to go to get plugged in to Scout to Hunt.
2: Yeah, so our, our site is scout2hunt.com. It's all spelled out. Um, scout at Scout to Hunt uh, across the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, and then scout to hunt, uh, in the app stores, uh, will be the quickest way to get your hands on the app.
1: Awesome. And we will put a link to all three of those, um, in the show notes to this episode. So If you listened along and you want to get the app, just check out the show notes and we'll put a link to the app stores.
2: And then the other, other thing before we head off is, uh, we'll be doing, although it kind of got a little, um, wonky with the, the Idaho shed being found, but you'll be giving the hint, uh, for Utah next week. Yeah. Yep. We'll do the Utah hint. We were, we were all set up to do the Idaho
1: hint and someone found the antler without a hint at all. So we were like, well, it doesn't really make sense to make the post anymore. A bunch of people are going to get confused. So we're going to do the The Utah hint on what Thursday, May 18th. Yep. So May 18th and it's the hint goes live. You said it's seven mountain time.
2: Yeah. Yep. That's correct.
1: Okay. So seven mountain time. We'll be up on the stories. We'll be posting, um, go out there, Utah's got to be the wildest one, like the wildest state, the most like energized, passionate people chasing that antler.
2: Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's the, uh, the shed hunting hub of the West. So,
1: yeah, it's awesome. I wish I lived in Utah at some days, especially when I'm seeing people <laughs> holding up matching 400 inch sets. Yeah. Right. I'm like, Ew. that's how we all feel when
2: they show those. That, that That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, not all of us get to experience that, but yeah.
1: Yeah, well, one of these years, maybe I'll, I'll go out to Utah and find someone to take along with and find some big sheds.
2: Yeah, let's get it set up. So. Sounds good.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Brandon, and thank you for listening, folks.